I was a busboy at Little America and Flagstaff for five summers working my way through the seminary there. And I don't know if you know this or not, but being a busboy is pretty tedious work. It's pretty boring. Huh? It's the same thing every day. And somehow you have to use the part of your brain, or some people feel very good at this. They love doing the same thing over and over again. And then once the, the whistle blows that works over, they can forget all about it. Huh? So I learned to work through that. I, the waitresses and waiters that used to uh, not look forward to the new bus boys because a lot of them didn't really try hard. But each time I was there, they'd look suspiciously at me. And by the end of the summer, they all wanted me huh? in terms of being in, doing their tables. So somehow, I found in my life I can do tedious work at times. I love talking to people who love uh, businesses who do the same thing over and over again. I like talking to people who are experts in making brisket. Texas style, okay, you know, and I love talking to them because they have a passion there, and you know what, it's the same thing every day, we get the pecan wood, and then you put this much seasoning on, and you trim this, and then you put it in, and it comes out delicious, and people come for miles for my barbecue, how can you do that for 30 straight years, huh? and yet it's the same thing over and over, and somehow they have to learn with passion, even though it's the same thing over and over, and some people like that, and they really thrive on it. For others, you need to change your life. You know, you need to have other, more excitement than doing the same thing over and over again. I can remember my mom and dad keeping a list of things to do. And they would put it on the refrigerator. And one thing I found out as I got older is that they would cross things off, but it would never go away. They would never accomplish it because the next day the list reappeared and what they had to do. And so they live their lives being parents, and you who are parents there, the list never gets completed. And yet somehow you decide to do that every day because it's right in front of you. You can either decide to do it or not, and you cross off the list, but it never gets done. Isn't it sounding like Christianity? You and I don't like sin in the world. We want to comfort the suffering. We want to change the world in the image of Jesus like he seems to boldly talk about. And we follow the disciples and the church reminds us, let's do good out there. But you know what? We can't give uh, something to everything and cross it off our list. Hey, St. Patrick's did so well, so now there's no one suffering now from lack of food. Let's cross off of that list now. And then no one is suffering from the glut or loneliness. We did a good job because we put it in the bulletin and had a good program. Let's cross that off. Huh? We sometimes think Christianity is about accomplishing everything in our lifetime. And if we don't, why bother? Nothing ever gets done. Nothing ever changes. The Beatitudes remind us this, that things will not be taken off the list. But we do live in a different way. You and I approach suffering and joy much differently in the world as St. Paul reminds us that this worldly wisdom isn't what we're about. We don't preach enough on this in our Catholic faith, and a lot of preachers don't, that the mindset of the New Testament, all the scripture writings that are in the Bible after the time of Jesus, that they preach in a way that the ethics of new, the New Testament is live now what will be in the future. In other words, one day mercy will be for everyone in God's kingdom. And one day all will be comforted. And all will be proven right by overcoming opposition or trying to do the work of the Lord. One day that will happen, but Christians are called to live it as if now. 
Sometimes we wait, oh, it'll never happen. We'll wait till we'll die when we all get together or God will figure it out one day. We live now, and that's how we approach problems and challenges differently. So we are merciful now, not just to those who deserve it. You know, the last thing we want to do as Christians is help people, especially if they cause their own problems. You and I love to judge that, don't we? You know, I'll help anyone that really needs help, but if they're on drugs, if they cause their own problems, or they vote the wrong way, or they don't, they don't work hard enough, or they just leech on things there, we're not helping them. Is that how we're supposed to approach this? No, you and I live the kingdom now. And that's why we approach these problems a lot differently. I'm going to share with you two quick examples right now at St. Patrick's. Now, it's not the only way that you and the pews are living it out wonderfully. But they're just two examples that might give you an insight of what it's like living the Beatitudes today. Years ago, when the Chicago Cubs won the World Series, some staff people that I don't like, who are not sports-minded, decided to have a meeting for working prison ministry on the seventh game of the World Series of the Chicago Cubs and the Cleveland Indians. <laughs> I wasn't happy about that, so, but I still went anyway. Huh? We had over 100 parishioners show up, and that was the beginning of learning what can we do for prisoners and their families in ministry and reaching out to them. That was, a, that was an important place to go. You know, there was a program we were introduced called Get on the Bus. An opportunity to help families, the children of men and women in prison, to have, be visited by their children and family members on Mother's Day or Father's Day. And parishes would help set that up, and we would try to do that. Now, not everyone in the parish was really happy in those days about helping prisoners. Because whenever we did the giving tree, and we have all those beautiful ornaments that you all take, this was years ago that we would watch what was remaining, and they would reach, and they would get all the things to help children and people. But when the word helping incarcerated children, the families that are incarcerated, their, their children, almost everyone put it back on the tree. Why? I don't know. Maybe because we don't trust prisoners. They deserve to be there. Their families caused the problem. Why would we want to help children with those in prison? They got what they deserved. And that's where a number of parishioners were at. They would just leave it there and say, we're not doing that ministry. And so after teaching and after our ministries, it's a lot different now. Those are one of the first ones sometimes that go. And so with Get on the Bus... Years ago, we started that, and we went to the wardens at different uh, prisons to try to get them to be part of that. And, you know, they have a tough job. It's not easy sell because everyone wants to help or, you know, they, have to, they got a lot of serious things. So the last thing they wanted is a bunch of holy rollers coming in on buses and visiting their children, you know. So they were very resistant. Somehow we got through it, and only six inmates signed up because they didn't know what was it about. They didn't really do a good job selling it. So we took the bus for, you know, a set of children for sick families, the six of them. When the women were done visiting their family on Mother's Day, they just stuck around there afterwards and just talked and talked and talked and talked. From that moment, the word spread. Now, unfortunately, COVID stopped that for a couple of years. Right now, at this moment, 114 inmates have applied to have 
their family members go visit them on Mother's Day. And so that's what happens. That when you keep being persistent and living a different way, because a lot of people don't believe in helping prisoners. I've had parishioners say they eat too well. They deserve what they get. We're not part of them. We had a judge today from Ohio who came and thanked me for the homily today and our Get on the Bus program because she says she believes that children should see their parents in prison. And she says she's getting a lot of pushback right now. And I said, good for you. That means you're doing something of the gospel, as Jesus said. You'll be pushbacked on that. And so what we need from you is after Mass, there's a, you know, you can sign up or help in any way or just be aware under Touchdown Jesus. That's the Jesus with his hands up like that in case you're visiting, okay? There's a sign called Get on the Bus. We need to interview the children. So we need you to be able to be trained, to be able to interview the children, be sure everything's proper so that they can have credentials to visit their, their parents there. On that day, on May 12th, you know, how about meeting the children and their families and help them find the bus? Also, where make Mother Day cards, help prepare and feed breakfast and clean up, make lunch boxes when they return from the day from their parents. Huh? Just maybe be present. We asked Catholic charities to provide counselors on each bus. Five buses, five counselors for free. Because the children... Are, have traumatic things of seeing their parents in prison for the first time. Thank you, Catholic Charities. We asked, and they said yes, and they'll be on there as well. And so that's how prisoners are transformed. During the two years of COVID, when we struggled, they could not get in. People could not minister. Anyone couldn't get in to minister to prisoners. St. Patrick's recorded every Mass for two years and sent all the DVDs to all prisons in Maricopa County. And that's why to this day, the wardens and people who work in prison or minister there keep thanking us because we got them through that time. We prayed with them. And prisoners who come out now thank me. And they come to Mass here with you. Some of you might be sitting by people who just got out of prison because they felt attached because we prayed with them. We talked about them. And so... Not everyone agrees with that. Not everyone's comfortable for different reasons. We're all at different levels. But that's how transformation happens. Okay? We can't cross it off the list, but we can live as they matter. Because in the kingdom of heaven, people who've done time here will be next to you and me. And we don't have to wait till we die to live it now. Thank you for those who support the parish. This past week, we had a conference on mental health. We've done a lot on mental health. Not everyone is comfortable dealing with mental health issues. Some of you, family members or personal people, are struggling really mightily with mental health issues. And sometimes the church just isn't there for you because some people don't understand. We're uncomfortable. Or you won't take your medicine. Or we don't think that's a problem. When we preached on it a number of times, we've gotten pushback from some parishioners say, why would you waste your time talking about mental health? Hmm. See, there needs to be conversion. And we had 140 people from throughout the valley, professionals, come to Finland Hospitality Center for free, that means no charge, for trauma care, holistic trauma care. So it isn't just taking medicine and talking to people, it's how holistically, because a large percentage 
of the population in the world has experienced some form of trauma. And so St. Patrick's put it together. Thank you to Sandy Myers, our parish nurse. But we've been doing that for years. Bishop Dolan, our new bishop, has developed for the first time, really, not many dioceses have that, if any, an office of mental health. Once he established that, and now he's going to get it going, they came to St. Patrick's, and they have pages and pages of notes of what we've done all the years. So we're helping them. And, you know, that's going to affect people because the bishop has received phone calls from many dioceses in the country and throughout the world. Tell us about this mental health office. What are you doing? What are some of the examples? They want to know. So St. Patrick's is going to have a ripple effect of the whole world. Think how many lives are going to be changed while you're sitting there wondering when Father's going to stop talking because the chiefs are about ready to kick off. (laughs) Think about how many lives will be changed when someone wants to take their own life, when someone doesn't feel valued, when families maybe don't understand or they're suffering along with their loved ones. And because you support and you're part of the family and you do this out of the world, we could host it for free. And so the diocese is looking to us to help. So you're not just here at St. Patrick's to fulfill your obligation. You're making a difference in the world. And so that's why we approach problems differently. I wish I could tell you that tomorrow I'm going to start a program for mental health. We'll have a big conference. We'll anoint them. And then I'll be able to cross it off and say no more problems with mental health. Some of you want your Christianity to be that way. And that doesn't happen. Tomorrow, we're going to have a big food drive, and as soon as we collect all the food we want from all of you, we'll cross it off our list because no one will be hungry anymore. Some people want to live their lives that way, and they do. But you can't do that with being a Christian. All you can do, along with me, is to live now what will be. Mercy, comfort, pureness, Reward for overcoming opposition. We approach problems differently in the world. We don't cross it off our list. We just act differently.